one bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Oh, Mikey, it is week eight in the National Football League. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Red vs. Blue Friday Night Football, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. I'm Scott Atkins, team legacy in the world of high stakes and daily now, fantasy football. Uh, Joining me, as always, the Big Blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. Mikey, uh, week eight, uh, our leader in the fantasy football world championship, John Duckworth, joins us tonight. Ought to be a good show. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. I can't wait. Uh, John uh, from Atlanta and uh, just uh, does a lot of things uh, as far as uh, darts. You know, it, it surprises me. He's always throwing these uh, uh, dart tournaments uh, that are out there. But it's always a pleasure to meet uh, John when I see him in Kentucky or uh, Vegas uh, when we were out there last year. Uh, he He's always fun, always fun to talk uh, talk to and with. Uh uh, one thing I want to talk about, Scott, is uh, got some big news there, buddy. Uh, the Atlantis. Uh, uh, you're going to Atlantis. Now, I, I really need to know about uh, how this all uh, fell into place, Scott, because this is big news. Tell everybody how it happened. Uh, well, look, I, I, look. by now, right, everybody's playing at DraftKings now, right? I mean, if you don't have an account at DraftKings, obviously get over there and sign up and get started. Uh, you can even check out our Secret Stars article every week. It helps you, uh, you know, find some value sleeper plays. It's a salary cap game. You know that by now. And uh, yeah, so I uh, I put in an entry just like everybody else and, uh, you know, got lucky and got a, and got a W. So long story short, Aaron and I are going to go to the Bahamas uh, in December. We want a trip for two for four nights uh, in at Atlantis in the Bahamas, the Atlantis Resort. Uh, for four nights, December 4th through the 8th. And then, uh, yeah, we have uh, one in 50 shot at a million bucks, a $2.5 million prize pool. So, look, uh, December trip, all fun, should be should be great, should have a good time. Uh, a one in 50 shot, I mean, I'm going against some grinders and, and really guys that are really good at daily fantasy. So maybe my maybe my shot is like one in out of 100, you know. But, uh, look, it's uh, it's, it's going to be fun. And, and the law the, – the good thing is that you're guaranteed like 7,500 bucks. So last place gets 7,500 bucks. So I'm, I, I look, it was a great right. team. I, I started with um, the reason why I took, I took Russell Wilson and Dougie Baldwin. I mean, last week they had a monster week, right? So I knew that my week was getting started off right uh, when I was watching the scores. And of course, you know, we're camped out watching all the games and I took Doug Baldwin because our secret stars article suggested that I do, uh, or I'm sorry, he took Russell Wilson. It was a contrarian play. And he was a value play on the Secret Stars article. Nate Weitzer, um, N Weitzer seven on Twitter. You want to follow him, and he'll keep you uh, up to date with uh, all the contests that are going on at DraftKings and FanDuel. And he writes a lot of our content at Scout Fantasy. So uh, yeah, he he suggested I use Russell Wilson, so I used Russell Wilson and Dougie B. Um, and Dougie Baldwin came through for me. I flipped the channel over to the Lions game, and I'm like, okay, now we need a touchdown from Golden Tate. And as soon as I said that, bam, he scored. So I'm like, okay, it's going to be a good day. I've got those three guys. I've already got 30 burgers, right? I'm like, this is going to be a good team. And DraftKings allows you to late swap your players. So you can change your players all the way up until game time, until kickoff. So I actually, I I sat there at right about 4 o'clock. I started changing my lineup. (laughs) (laughs) Who would you you switch in and out of? Yeah, who would you take out and plug in? Yeah, I took out Des Bryant and um, uh, Reuben Randall, and I replaced them with Keenan Allen and Demarius Thomas. Okay, ah, that was a big, Keenan. big move because yeah, Demarius went off. Uh, he yeah. got he got another forty that night, and then 
and to be honest with you, my buddy, uh, my neighbor, Steve, he's a big Bronco fan. He was wearing his Demarius jersey, and I told him, I looked over at him, I'm like, well, I'm going to roll with you tonight. We're going to roll with Demarius. He's the best receiver in the league right now. So we're going to put Demarius in there. And then uh, I swapped out my running backs, too, and I ended up using Le'Veon Bell. And so, you know, the oh, rest wow. of history, he, he, had a, he had a great Monday night for me. And, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be fun. Uh, look, it's, it's anybody's game, right? It's a lot, there's a lot of luck that's going to have to happen on week 14 to, to make that perfect lineup. But I know between now and then – I'm going to be picking everybody's brain about week 14, right? I mean, week 14, so, I'm going to just so, lock myself up in the room. So that's what it all boils down to. You're going to, uh, you guys are going to head out there for uh, week 14. Yeah. So we leave on, uh, we leave on that Thursday, December 4th, and then we come okay. back on Monday the 8th. But it's basically the way it works is it's only the one o'clock games on week 14. Only the one o'clock. I'm sorry, one and four o'clock games. One and four o'clock one games. One, and once those games are over, it's over. The contest is over. Somebody just won a million. I mean, the the prizes are great. I mean, look, you, you, second place right. is like three hundred grand. Third place is one hundred and fifty. Fourth sure. is a hundred or something like that. It, top five finish well, would be nice. Top five would be really well, just, nice. I mean, I yeah, know. absolutely. Just to get there and uh, just qualify is a pretty cool deal. And uh, the you know the thing about it is uh, it costs you how much to do that contest? Well. Twelve, small twelve, a small, small 12 freaking bucks. twelve dollars. Now, yep. you know, I mean, you know, a lot of us can we, we can afford more than twelve, twenty-four, thirty-six, forty-eight, sixty. Keep going on and on and on. But uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to try those contests. The bottom line is, do what Scott did. Scott Scott's very smart. He's hmm. very good at it. That's what. But you know, the bottom line is. Everybody has a chance to do that. Just pick that lineup yeah. and be creative about doing it. And like your uh, uh, last uh, four o'clock adjustments, perfect. Yeah, you know, and a lot has been made about my uh, my single entry, right? I only put one entry in, and, and and literally sometimes you're playing against guys that have a hundred, two hundred entries, right? And you know, I'll, I'll let Tommy G speak more about that kind of thing, uh, but. You know, look, you can win with one entry. I know lots of guys are playing hundreds of lineups and, and you know, sure. they're throwing all their calculations in and they've got exposure to everybody. But you can win with one lineup. I mean, that's it. I, well, have, I, should, I have a single bullet. There should there should not be anything made about one single entry. Why would anybody make a, a, a case about it? You're the one that picked the lineup. They could have picked that same lineup, right, <laughs> with all their yeah, hundreds yeah. of entries. So. Yeah, job, man. man. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And uh, look, week fourteen is going to be. Um, I don't know if we're going to broadcast red versus blue or not. Hopefully, we do. Hopefully, <laughs> we have a show from the live from the Bahamas. I understand. We've done we've done a live show from Maui. We did that what two years ago. We did the from Maui. Yep, we've done live shows sure from did. Vegas. We've done live shows from Chicago at the NFFC. I mean, we've done live shows everywhere. Yep. Let me get uh, the bills out of the way. ScoutFantasy.com. Make sure you go over there. We do have a special. You get access to all the premium content, all the premium articles. Dr. Roto, Tommy G, Pilar Lostra, uh, the FF girl, uh, everybody on our team, uh, you get access to the message board, the premium side. You get your expert advice on Sunday morning so you don't panic and don't freak out. You can ask your questions, and, and we'll answer them for you. Um, everything at Scout. Plus, you get not only all of the member content at Scout Fantasy, but across the entire network. The code that you want to use is Red Blue Three. That gets you three months for the price of one, and it will be expiring this week. So this is it. Red Blue Three is the last chance to use it. Go to ScoutFantasy.com, subscribe, and become a member of Scout. And look, uh, I've got a little blurb here. Scout.com is the authority for all the latest news and inside information for your favorite college or pro football teams with new articles and video content updated throughout each day. Nobody covers your team like Scout.com. Just visit Scout.com and choose your favorite team. There you go. Paying the bills, Mike. Uh, okay, so we have John Duckworth coming on. He is leading the FFWC, the Fantasy Football World Championship. We want to make sure and um, pick his brain about all of the – Week eight uh, stories and sub stories we have, which Tavares Cadet was a pickup this week. Booby Dixon, Anthony Dixon was a pickup, and Bryce Brown, yep. Denard Robinson was a bit. There were so many running backs to grab this week. I don't think we've ever seen a a waiver wire more yeah. active for running backs than this past Wednesday night. Yeah, you know it kind of surprised me. Uh, Denard Robinson, I 
I thought he'd been taken up in uh, a lot of the leagues the week before because, uh, you know, everybody's trying to put their hand on the pulse, uh, trying to get ahead of the curve, so to speak, uh, trying to grab that running back that's going to be there uh, when things go wrong. And, I, you know, in some leagues I was in the week before last, uh, Bernard Robinson, I mean, he was picked. But uh, this week it was all about Bryce Brown and Anthony Dixon. And, uh, you know, everybody's trying to figure out which, which one's it going to be uh, for Buffalo. Is, is it going to be Dixon? Is it going to be Bryce Brown? Bryce Brown has a name, so to speak, uh, with, uh, you know, Philly and what he's done there. Uh, but Anthony Dixon is a little bit more explosive. I, I think it's going to be more Anthony Dixon, but I don't think it's really going to matter. Uh, you know, they're going against a very tough uh, Jets uh, defense at New York. So, it, it was the you know, most active. It was the yeah. most active Wednesday waivers we've had all season long, and the bids were enormous for this time of the year. There was a lot of money spent in waivers uh, this past Wednesday night. I'm talking $500 bids on Bryce Brown. This could be the week you look back on and say, "I chose the wrong guy," or "I chose the right guy." Mm-hmm. Right? It's one one of the you could have you made your choice with either Dixon, Cadet, Denard Robinson, Bryce Brown. Uh, one of those guys could literally save your season. I mean, literally, they they could. Doug Baldwin was even yep. out there in a couple of the leagues. So, lots yep. of action this Wednesday night. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Uh, this reminded me of uh, when uh, the Ray Rice story came out and uh, uh, how many people bid uh, a ton of money on Telefero. And, you know, yeah. I, I mean, let's face it, a lot of money went down on that kid. And, uh it's not yeah, going yeah. anywhere. So uh, where's what, what the money going now with uh, uh, Bryce Brown and uh, Anthony Dixon? We'll see. We'll see. Bryce Brown seems to be the more complete back. Booby Dixon, uh, as interesting as it, se- it sounded, when, when he said when he came out and said, I'm not a goal line back, man. I'm not, I, I've been pigeonholed as that when I played at San Fran. Of course, he was playing behind Frank Gore, so he didn't really have many opportunities there. And they had a, you know, a fast little back in Hunter. So they never they, they just decided to kind of put him into that role. And we'll see if he is that complete package that he thinks he is. Um, tonight we had the waivers at the FFWC. We saw some bids for, like, Scott Chandler with the, with the injury to Owen, da- uh, to Owen Daniels. We did – you know, people have to scramble a little bit, grab a tight end in case they were counting on Owen right. Daniels. Uh, a few Martavis Bryant bids, uh, a few Jermaine Gresham bids out there, and one interesting name that I saw a little bit on Wednesday night, but a little bit more tonight, was Charles Sims. He's practicing mm. and he's getting back in the flow. This could be literally, you know, Doug, Bar- Doug Martin has not really been all that startable. I mean, really, it's been it's it's not been a good year uh, for Doug Martin owners. And this could be the last time that we really, you know, we see Doug Martin as a startable option because with Charles Sims coming in, he's going to get some work. He's going to get some work. And so I don't know when he'll be activated, but it's a nice snag. I'm also seeing Tyler Eifert getting snagged up uh, recently uh, because he will be back, what, a week 11, maybe week 10, something like that. So um, those are a couple of guys that I'm seeing go early. What do you think about Charles Sims? I know you like him for Dynasty. What do you think he can come in and contribute this year? Uh, possibly, but, uh, not much. I mean, no, I don't, I don't, I really don't, Scott. Uh, you know, if if the offensive line is not there, then, you know, if Doug Martin can't get it done, uh, then, uh, Sims won't get it done either. Uh, it's just cut dry and simple because, you know, most of the success we're seeing out of DeMarco Murray in Dallas, for instance, is uh, he's getting uh, 10 yards down the field before he's uh, he's touched. And it's not the case with Tampa Bay. And so Sims is going to have a tough time. So if you want to grab Sims, go grab him. I have no no interest. Uh, Doug Martin is not even averaging three yards a carry. So your point is well taken. Right. It's, it's, they're having offensive line. Uh, they need a complete yeah. overhaul on that thing because it's not uh, not opening up any running lanes for Doug Martin at all. So Doug Martin owners are not uh, feeling too well. Uh, I know who is feeling well is uh, our guest this evening, uh, John Duckworth. And we're going to bring him on. Uh, let's see if this is him. 770. I think that's the Atlanta area code, my man. Uh Johnny Duckworth, are you with us? Yes, sir, I am. How you doing, Scotty? What's up, my man? Good to have you on Red versus Blue. It's been a while. 
It has been. It has been. It's great to be back. Appreciate you having me. Well, we're we're kind of living vicariously. Uh, Mike's on here as well. We're we're, we're kind of living vicariously through you this year, Bubba. You're number one in the FFWC. You and Dale Messina. First of all, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. You're down in Atlanta. You got a little, like Mike alluded to earlier in the show, you got a little dart action going on down there. Yeah, I own a little dart supply company. We uh, got a little store and uh, sell some stuff online. And uh, it's uh, it's a tough little go, but we're we're trying to make it work. Hey, John, it's Mike. Uh, hey, Mike. First off, uh, hey, congrats so far uh, on the year. Uh, keep it up, man. Uh, keep keep rocking and rolling, and uh, just uh, tell us, uh, you know, all the uh, all the leagues are in. I mean, you, you're doing a lot of great stuff, and uh, number one so far in the FFWC. But uh, you don't have a lot of leagues, so uh, how do you spread it out, and how do you make it work? Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's about owning the computer. <laughs> if you've got a computer and a you know a couple hours of a week here and there, you know you you can manage multiple teams. And I've actually cut back uh, over the last couple of years. I'm right now probably including dynasty leagues in in less than twenty, um, hmm. and that's uh, my my high stakes leagues, uh, and my dynasty and some mid stakes and. Uh, Makes it a little bit easier to manage, but you know it's uh, when you're doing waivers on on that many teams and things. I mean, you, you've got a bunch of guys that uh, you have in mind, so it, it, it's pretty easy. You, you're going through a few leagues and looking and seeing which ones are available, and and going from there. So, uh, you know, uh, Scott in the past has played in multiple multiple leagues, and uh, yep. you know yep. a, a lot of us have, and it's just you know. Part of it is we're all addicted to drafting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, Johnny Duckworth, it, it, Breaking Bad Finger. You, you got a, a Breaking Bad Finger. That's obviously alluding to the to the show Breaking Bad, uh, which was a, a, a mega hit. I don't know, Mikey. You've never watched Breaking Bad. You're, you're not a Breaking Bad kind of guy, are you? No, not really. Not never got into it. Uh, no. Breaking Bad Finger is the team name of Johnny Duckworth and Dale Messina, and. and how do you guys work together here? Is is Dale kind of the uh, the uh, you know? I know I, I watched you guys in Vegas. You guys seem to be getting along, working together pretty well. But how does it work on Sunday? Who decided to bench Wes Welker on Thursday night? I I did. I make most of our calls. Um, you know, I, I consult with Dale on some things, and I did. Uh, I consulted with Dale this week probably a little bit more than I have in past weeks, both about spending way too much money on Denard Robinson and uh, about benching uh, Welker. I mean, our our last lineup call really in my mind came down to uh, Welker or Decker. And, you know, Welker at this point looks like a guy that if he doesn't get in the end zone, he's a tough guy to start right now. Um, so, uh, it, I, I don't think it was that difficult of a call. Man, he's going to get his turn. You know, you know, Peyton's going to give him Sorry, his ball. turn one of these one of these weeks, just like Sanders got his turn. Peyton knows the numbers, and he's going to give Welker his turn one of these weeks. I just don't know when it's going to be. And and look, we do have a couple of big bye weeks coming up here, week nine and ten, where almost half yeah. our teams, you know, six teams or so, are going to be on bye. So I, that, that you're going to have an opportunity, hopefully, to time it out right about then and get Welker in your lineup. Well, obviously the, these next weeks 9 and 10 is all about your your depth. And I think we've done a pretty good job on this team uh-huh. of uh, of acquiring depth. And, you know, we, we've got some players, whether it's Welker or Jeremy Hill and, yeah. and a couple other guys that have been on the bench week after week, that when, when these lineups thin out a little bit, we're still pretty comfortable playing. This does look like a good squad. And, Mike, I want to read it off for the listeners at home uh, for his squad, the championship squad, Cam Newton and Robert Griffin III at quarterbacks. Uh, running backs, Matt Forte, obviously, has been the MVP, the number one, I think, overall player, even though we could talk and make the case for uh, DeMarco Murray. I love Forte. Uh, so you got Forte, Bradshaw. 
you also have Arian Foster at running back. You got three stud running backs. Then you got your your wide receivers are Randall Cobb, Jeremy Macklin, Decker, Edelman. Uh, those are the guys you're starting. Those four, and you also have arguably the best tight end right now in Greg Olson. I mean, granted, when Jimmy Graham's healthy, you know, but uh, right now the top tight end in the league is Greg Olson, and you've got him. So. I want to look back at your draft board, and I have it here in front of me. You took Forte at the sixth spot. That makes that's a great spot for him. He was he was usually going in the top four, to, so to see him go uh, at six, that's fine. And then you took Randall Cobb, when a lot of people would have probably taken maybe an Alshon Jeffrey or even a Keenan Allen. There, you stuck it out with Randall Cobb. Yeah, um, Keenan Allen was never really a consideration. Um, Jeffrey obviously was, and. Uh, I probably had Jeffrey rated slightly ahead of Cobb, but not significantly enough that I wanted to start out with two bears. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And, you yep, know what, John? Taking the, uh, taking the chance on Cobb, uh, knowing that uh, Shorty Nelson's already there, and uh, but you need another spot. And Cobb, his injury pass, I mean, it was kind of risky. Uh, to go ahead and take him there. But uh, kudos, man. I mean, that was a good job by going ahead and taking him and saying, hey, this is guy, this guy in that offense, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to work for me. And then well, he took uh, Arian Foster. Arian Foster at 3-6. Wow. Nice. And, and, and that, Foster's that, a guy that, that that I liked a lot this year, and, and he's a guy that I took in, in some drafts in the second round. And I honestly believe, given – the wide receiver uh, heavy format in the FFWC that there was at least a shot for for him to be there um, at uh, in the middle of the third round. Um, you know that there was there was a group of guys there, whether it was Foster, Vereen, Le'Veon Bell. Um, I knew I was getting one of them. Foster was the top guy on that list. Luckily, I got him because Vereen was probably um, – he wasn't probably. He was second. I did have him ahead of Bell, which, you know, a lot of us were wrong about Bell, and there's a lot of teams that have Bell that have done very well because they got him in the late third. Right. Yeah. Well, Foster has well, been so it, nothing it, short of phenomenal. He's the fourth best exactly. running back in FFWC scoring, 20 receptions, five touchdowns. And he's got a really good yards per carry. He's still he's still trucking. Uh, you know the the guy when healthy he's great. Four point eight nine yards per carry for Arian Foster at this stage of his career just absolutely incredible. So then you went wide receiver heavy. Edelman, Macklin, Decker, and Welker. And look, you can't get every pick right. I see that Kelvin Benjamin went one pick after you uh, after Welker. It was Kelvin Benjamin, but just imagine if you would have had him as your five. Holy crap! You, you know um, that that wow. that would have been great. It, it was funny because you were asking about the dynamic between Dale and I, and yeah, you know the rankings that we work off of. I do my own rankings, and so we both basically had my rankings there, but we were having a fairly heated discussion as that Welker pick <laughs> was coming up. He wasn't a huge Welker guy. The guy he really, really wanted there was Dennis Pitta. And, and I oh. just kind of threw down my fist. I said, look, if they're both there, we're going to have to go out and fight because I want Welker. And Pitta <laughs> went to pick beforehand, uh, <laughs> right before. So it, uh, it, it made the Welker pick easy. But, yeah, in hindsight, Kelvin Benjamin, of course. Yeah, right. It's yeah. always easy looking back. Yeah, Mike, and that, that 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 yeah, that's a great story, John. Uh, you know, it's funny when you uh, when you're with someone and it's like, gosh, dang it, I, I I want this, I want this, and 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 your partner's saying, no, I want this, I want this, and uh, you know, you battle back and forth, and uh, that's that's the beauty of uh, draft day. Greg Olson in the and, ninth round. Go ahead, go ahead. And, and, Sorry, John. And that was another pick that I was I was very pleased with. You know. I, I had a, a few tight ends basically in the same tier. Um, I, I think that tier was basically Pitta, Jordan Reed, and Greg Olson. Um, and uh, Olson yeah. was just nice – he man. was the last guy of the tier, and there just seemed to be, in my mind, a tremendous drop-off after him. And, you know, 
I, I do a little bit of value-based. I do a little bit of tiers. I kind of do a hybrid between the two. But anytime you're getting the last guy in a tier, the last guy in a tier, the last guy in a tier, you're feeling pretty good about the way your team's coming together. You know, and, it, and, and that's exactly right. You, when you look at this draft board, and I shared it with everybody in the chat room, if you want to check out the uh, check out John Duckworth, uh, Breaking Bad Finger, number one team in the FWC, check out his draft. But Rudolph, Reed, and Pitta all went in the seventh round, and I was always a Rudolph guy there. But Rudolph, Reed, and Pitta all went in the seventh, and you got Olsen in the ninth. So that was uh, that was some extreme value. Uh, I also I also like the way you go ahead and slip in these guys like Jeremy Hill. You slipped him in in the eighth round, and he's just kind of that guy that sits on your roster all year if he needs to. But when he gets his chance, you know he's going to put put you on a twenty spot when he gets it. If if Geo goes down, he's a twenty burger waiting to happen. Oh, if Geo goes down, yeah, he's got enough talent to be huge. And I mean, there were no stronger supporters of Geo than the man I'm talking to right now. And and you you nailed it. I, you know, some of us backed off of Geo a little bit, thinking that Hill was going to get a little bit more than what he's getting. But he's he's a guy that I'm comfortable as a bye week fill in. And like you say, if something happens to Geo. Then he's in your lineup every week. Yep. John Duckworth is our guest, the leader of the Fantasy Football World Championship. Uh, joined, jumped into the Last Chance League in Vegas, live in Vegas. That Last Chance League—that's two years in a row for you now uh, in the Last Chance League—and you're doing it. You're doing them proud right now. Um, number one overall. Also, we've always talked in the FFWC that the the big deal about the FFWC is your league prizes and. Uh, you're going for that Dominator prize, man. Top in record and top in points. That's what you need to do. You get the Dominator to be your first Dominator on your shelf. Yeah, you know, um, it, it, it's fun to sit here and talk about, you know, being being the overall leader right now. But we yeah. all know that being the overall leader week seven yeah. means absolutely right. nothing. You know, what yeah. we're hoping to accomplish is to uh, – to win the league and and take down the dominator, um, and right. you know you can sit here and go we're focused on it. I mean, there's not a whole lot you can do. You you roll your team out there every week <laughs> and, and 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 hope they score. And it it's a tough division. I mean, a couple of weeks ago when we were sitting in fourth, there was another team in in the same division that was in sixth or seventh, um, and we're playing the three teams immediately behind us. Over the next three weeks, uh, including people like uh, Rob, uh, Rob Z, and uh, mm-hmm. Mallantown, and it's you know, you know how these leagues are. I mean, they're 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 yeah. they're all star leagues. You look at the leaderboard, and it's it's a veritable who's who of uh, of just no. outstanding outstanding fa- fantasy players. I, yeah, I'm no just happy to be in job. there anywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, the bottom line is, uh, you're in a great position uh, coming into this week, and uh, but there's no doubt about it. Uh, week nine and ten with all those buys is it's going to make. Uh, I mean, it's going to make one big difference in uh, in a lot of leagues. But uh, just uh, stay uh, stay strong with your team and uh, keep rolling with it. And uh, you know, you get through week nine and ten and. Stay, stay at number one, and uh, man, you might—you're gonna be there. Look, if I get through weeks nine and ten and stay at number one, I'm gonna be mad as hell that this is a 13-week season. I'm gonna tell everybody it's way, way, way too long. Yeah, it's a long stretch. It, it is a long stretch. Glad to have you on here. You're playing. Uh, you're 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 playing some daily too, right? Let's get into let's get into some of the daily. You're 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 playing at DraftKings and FanDuel. Is that right? Uh, I play a little bit more at, at DraftKings and FanDuel. I haven't played as much this year as I did over the last couple years. It's just it's a financial thing. But but I I really I truly enjoy it. And I would trade my my team, not not my not where I am right now. But I'll trade my team with you. For the ticket that you hit with the single bullet last week, my man, that is fantastic. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, a lot, got got really lucky, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to do you proud, man. Uh, do that, do do scout and do that FWC proud. Let's take a look at some of these games. Baltimore at Cincinnati. Mike, do you have the over unders with you? 
Uh, I sure do, uh, as okay. I always do. Baltimore yeah. and uh, uh, the over and under is uh, forty-five and a half. Yeah. Okay. That's sort of uh, that. That's uh, that's, yeah. that's kind of a middle middle of the pack kind of over under, isn't it? Yeah, it's right. It's right on it. Uh, I expect uh, Cincinnati's defense to be a lot tougher uh, this week. Uh, they, you know, they probably won't have AJ Green, uh, so their defense is going to have to step up a little bit more. Because I mean, let's face it, this was a team about uh, two three weeks ago that was ranked one of the best teams in the NFL, and they've fallen from grace. So uh, what's going to make them be a better team? Their defense. So uh, it'll be be an interesting situation to see if uh, Joe Flacco can open up and uh, expose Cincinnati. But uh, 45 and a half. Well, they lose Owen Daniels this week, uh, and so I don't know who's going to be. I guess the, the rookie, Crockett Gilmore, we're going to see take over as the Ravens starting tight end. They've lost Pitta. They lose Daniels. Now it's Crockett Gilmore, probably the um, – maybe even Marlon Brown getting a little more action. But um, Flacco's been red hot. Steve Smith has obviously been the story of fantasy this year. Uh, he fits in perfectly to that offense. And then uh, you've got the running back, uh, Justin Forsett, who catches a lot of balls. Hopefully Geo gets back on track. And um, you know, look, uh, this this uh, this tight end thing, Jermaine Gresham uh, for the Bengals. He's not any good, right? I don't think any of us can argue that, he, that he's not very good. Uh, but he no. got a lot of work last week. He got what nine tar- nine catches or something like that, Johnny. I mean, is 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 Gresham a guy that you think uh, would be? Would you trust him this week? No, he he he's not a guy that I'm going to trust on a weekly basis. If I was going to okay. take a flyer. It's 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 going to be on the kid playing for the Ravens. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Bengals give up more points to tight ends than any other team in the league. Mm. Good point. Yeah. Well, Flacco will definitely find uh, Flacco will definitely find his tight ends. Oh, and I almost forgot we have a 9:30 game on Sunday morning, fellas. Yes, we, we got do. Football all day long, so you got to get up early, get your lineups in, and find out what's going on with. Old Calvin Johnson, uh, I don't think you can count on him uh, at this point. Uh, but, look, it's um, Atlanta and Detroit in London. So, yeah, it's a, it's an early Sunday morning game at 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So, yeah, you have to get your lineups in early. That's for sure, Johnny. Um, what, uh, but that, that's not going to be part of the – that's not going to be part of uh, any, anything to do with DraftKings. But for your season-long stuff, you have to have – your lineups in uh, Buffalo and the Jets. Let's talk about that one real quick. Not uh, we do see probably Percy Harvin make his debut for the for the Jets. What do you think, Johnny? Is is how do you, how do you see that whole situation? What do you what do you think of Percy Harvin now? Um, about the same thing I thought of him before we went into the draft. Uh, I, I wasn't really high on him. Uh, I thought after watching that that opening uh, game Monday night that I may have been dead wrong. Because he sure looked exciting there, uh, but overall, you know, he had the the one game where he had three touchdowns called back. Of course, two of them were on back to back plays, so you weren't going to get all three. But he did have a couple called back there. I, you know, I think I hope they use him more as a receiver to try to take the top off the defense and open it up for uh, Decker underneath. Because I have Decker quite a few places. <laughs> Uh, John, I'm not, I'm not so sure where they're going to use him. Uh, they're going into this game as a three-point favorite, which mm. kind of blows my mind. But uh, New York is a three-point favorite. Uh, I, I really like uh, Sammy Watkins in this game for Buffalo. Mm. Uh, he he had a huge game last week, and I just see him building on that. Um, well, Kyle Orton's been been a godsend for 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 Sammy Watkins, and I mean. He's yes. really turning in the A.J. Green-type rookie year at this point. Um, and he, he's another guy that uh, that I missed on. I, I don't think I own Sammy Watkins anywhere. And uh, mm. the people that, that stepped up and drafted him are certainly getting rewarded. Yeah, there, there, think... there's a definite uh, difference between uh, Sammy Watkins and, say, uh, Mike Evans. I mean, I know Evans is going to be active this week. He, I'm sure he'll – I'm sure he'll play well, but Sammy Watkins, he, he's a special uh, special wide receiver, no doubt. 
I think I only got him. Uh, I think I only got him one spot this year, Johnny, and that's in our big payback league in Kentucky. So yeah. That, uh, Can we talk about any other league do. but that one? Uh, you had your run, man. You had your run. Give somebody else a turn, bro. <laughs> Three years in a row you won that uh, that monster league. Three years in a row. That's absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. That's awesome. Uh, that that, that, that do, was just crazy. I do have a who do I start for you. It's Doug Baldwin or DeAndre Hopkins. Doug Baldwin at Carolina or DeAndre Hopkins at Tennessee. Uh, I, I think it's Baldwin. I mean, Baldwin is the number one receiver on that team now. Uh, Carolina's defense isn't what anybody expected it to be. And, you know, Hopkins has had a nice uh, season, but he hasn't gotten a volume of targets. It's It's been a few long balls and a few touchdowns. And just this last week, Ryan Fitzpatrick came out and said, look, I – I should have been getting the ball to Andre more uh, than I did, and I think they're going to make more of a concerted effort to do that. And Andre is has usually fared well against the Titans, and uh, you know, especially without Court, Cortland Finnegan there for him to fight with anymore. I, I would expect a pretty nice game out of Andre uh, Johnson, and I don't think with the the run heavy uh, offense of the Texans that that leaves a whole lot left. Uh, for New Hopkins. Interesting analysis there. Uh, you know, I, you do say that Doug Baldwin is the number one wide receiver. It's interesting that for whatever reason, Jervain Kearse gets more snaps every week than Doug Baldwin. It's not by much, he, but it's Kearse is the guy that's out there every play. And, and, and he's a guy that I picked up in quite a few places when – the Harbin trade came down because Baldwin wasn't out there that many places. Yeah. Um, go back to the big payback. You snapped him when I was looking at him, and you took almost the full time off the clock to make that pick. And I knew there wasn't a doubt in my mind where you were going. I could have made that pick for you. <laughs> 90% of the snaps for Jermaine Kearse last week, 82% for Baldwin. Obviously, Baldwin came up with the big day, but it is interesting to note that, you know, when people were bidding and buying up Doug Baldwin, you could get Jermaine Kearse in some of those leagues. Now, he was, he was drafted or he was already rostered in lots of them, but you could get him for a whole lot cheaper. Uh, let's talk about the Chicago-New England game. Jay Cutler absolutely imploding um, for, for the pretty much the, the second time in a row now. He's still a top-five quarterback, though. We're – we're standing by our top five uh, projection for, for Jay Cutler, but he's trending the wrong way. He's trending the Jay Cutler way. And uh, what do you think about this Chicago at New England? Uh, we've got the Gronk here, Ducky, uh, and we've got all the megastar fantasy players for Chicago. What else can we expect? Well, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing every week with New England is, is what's going to happen at running back. You know, Shane Vereen blew up last week. Will it be gray this week? Uh, who knows? Gronk, Gronk's going to be involved. I mean, he yeah. he he's playing a higher percentage of snaps on every week, and you know he he's starting to move up the tight end rankings, and it's he doesn't look like he's on the same page with Brady yet. Um, if he starts right. to get on the right. same page with Brady, uh, I think we're going to start to see a little bit more of the the Gronk of old, and you know on the Chicago side. Um, Obviously, Forte, I mean, he's on pace to catch 100-and-some-odd passes, and and that's what's made him uh, so big in, in, in these style uh, PPR leagues. Um, and the other guy that's been fairly st- steady is the Black Unicorn. Um, you know, from week to week, we're not sure what we're getting out of Marshall. We're not sure what we're getting out of uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey. We're not sure, you know. Yeah. Uh, which Jay Cutler showing up? Although I wouldn't be surprised to see Marshall have a have a pretty nice game after uh, his little implosion uh, after the game mm-hmm. last week. It could go yeah, either way, know, right? A, oh, it, it certainly could. But if I don't think it's a coin flip, uh, I think I think there's a much higher shot that it's a huge game than a clunker. Mike, what's the you over under on this game, buddy? Yeah, the over and under on this game is uh, 50 and a half, 
And the funny thing about it, uh, well, yeah, it's pretty high. Uh, The funny thing about it, listening to uh, John talk about things is, uh, you know, Chicago, they got weapons. I mean, they got serious weapons with Forte, uh, Marshall, Jeffrey, uh, tight end Martellus Bennett. I mean, they really have everything it takes. And why they haven't put it together, I don't know. Because coming into this year, I'm not a Chicago fan, but – being unbiased, coming in into this year, I'm I'm thinking, wow, Chicago's for real. I mean, Jay Cutler, I mean, he can we'll at least see. do this, but we'll that's exactly see. Right. We, we Brandon will, LaFell, we will see, but Brandon LaFell led all wide receivers in New England uh, with 96 percent of the snaps. Julian Edelman was second. Danny Amendola, a distant third, with only 29 snaps, did turn one of those Jets uh, plays into a touchdown. And then Brian Timms, uh, one snap for that Thursday night game. But you're right, the running back situation in New England is always the story. Shane Vereen missed practice today with an illness. We won't know what that means exactly. If it's not Shane Vereen, you got to fire up maybe Brandon Bolden or Jonas Gray. You, know, you can't have any confidence in anything like that. So hopefully you're not in that type of situation. Houston at Tennessee, another 1 o'clock game. Should be sunny skies. Uh, this game is very interesting to me, Mikey. I'm curious about the over-under in this game because there's a lot of – I could see a big offensive day for both teams, or I could see uh, I could see it going either way. But what, what does Vegas think? Yeah, uh, Vegas is going over-and-under is 42, kind of low. 42 mm-hmm. on that over-and-under for, uh, for the Houston game. Well, they're trotting out Zach Mettenberger uh, in Tennessee at home. It's an interesting call here, uh, Johnny. Do you know anything about this kid at all? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, Zach, I, I'm here in Atlanta, and Zach Mettenberger uh, originally uh, played for Georgia. Um, he came in at the same time as Aaron Murray, got into huh? a little bit of uh, off-the-field issues and uh, got kicked off the team and ended up at uh, at LSU. Um, I think he very well may have the best arm of any quarterback in this draft class, if he hadn't have torn his ACL um, halfway through the season last year, I think he could have been a first-round draft pick. He's a guy mm-hmm. that I love in terms of dynasty, but uh, I'm really happy to have the, the Houston defense anytime you've got a, a rookie quarterback yeah. making their first start. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a good true. one right there. Well, one thing about it, uh, you know, uh, Ken Wisenhunt, he's been searching and searching. Uh, he had a lot of success with uh, uh, Kurt Warner in Arizona back days ago. And, uh, you know, he's been searching and searching, and he couldn't find it with Jake Locker. It wasn't happening. And, uh, you know, uh, Charlie was his head. It wasn't happening. <laughs> so uh, he's like, you know, let's give this guy a shot, and let's see what happens. So, uh, Let's see. you know, I, I don't blame Kim, Kim Wisenhunt for making this move. No, I think it's the right move for the team. I mean, I think yeah. Locker has proved that the knocks on him in terms of accuracy were, were, were fairly correct. And, he, you know, par, part of uh, being a, a good player is availability, and he just he's had a hard time staying on the field. Obviously, Charlie Whitehurst is nothing more than a clipboard holder. So, uh, you know, in in terms of for for the franchise, it's absolutely the right move. But, you know, usually you're going to have growing pains when you do that. Yeah, absolutely. We also uh, – you might think that uh, with Mettenberger, uh, you know, playing with the second team, even third team, with Justin Hunter in the earlier part of the year being part of that second team with Kendall Wright and Nate Washington playing in front of him earlier part of the year, maybe they've got a little bit of chemistry that they – because they got to get Hunter the ball. That's what they want. Hunter is now leading the team in snaps, 96% of the snaps in week seven against Washington, compared to 73% for Kendall Wright and only 70% for Nate Washington. The guy I'm most interested in for Tennessee is I'm waiting for the Bishop Sankey breakout, Ducky. You know, this kid has all the potential in the world. It just seems like they're underutilizing him. Well, you know, uh, they probably have been. He's probably – the most talented back on their roster, but there is a number 
a number of NFL teams that I don't know that he could start for. You know, I, I drafted him in a couple of uh, dynasty leagues, but you know, he 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 wasn't a great running back. There weren't any special running backs in this year's class. Uh, you know, the, there's nobody that approaches you know a Todd Gurley or a Melvin Gordon at a Wisconsin that's going to be coming out next year. You know, Sankey. Uh, I, I don't know what his potential is, but it's probably somewhere around a Zach Stacy. Wow. Who was our who was our bust? We named uh, Zach Stacy our bust of the year, and we are getting rewarded on that call. Uh, Miami at Jacksonville Sunday at one o'clock. Mikey over under on this game for Mr. Blake Bortles. What is it? Uh, forty two and a half. Miami Jacksonville forty two and a half. Forty-two and a half. Okay, all right. I Tannehill has been absolutely lighting it up. You could easily start Tannehill, regardless of your other option. I mean, granted, if you have an Andrew Luck or a Peyton Manning or something like that, Drew Brees, you, you don't. But if you're if you're sitting there and you're you know you had a Colin Kaepernick perhaps on by uh, this week, that this would be a perfect opportunity to throw Tannehill in. I think he'll have a great game. He's been looking really good, uh, and you can get him on DraftKings for sixty-seven hundred bucks. The question is, who's he going to throw it to? Uh, he's got he Jarvis has Landry. Here. Jar- yeah. Jarvis Landry, Jarvis absolutely. Landry. That's a good. That's a good one. Landry's that's a cheap Centurion stack for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely the land the Landry to Tannehill game. Man, uh, Mettenberger Hunter will probably be used quite a bit at DraftKings. I would I would guess that's you know that just seems too easy, right? Dirt cheap quarterback and a stud type of up, upcoming wide receiver could have a big day. But, yeah, Landry, using Landry uh, because of his, you know, 39 snaps last week, that's got to be pretty encouraging. Uh, and he's got a great matchup against Jacksonville, who we know can't cover anybody. So Jacksonville is uh, – well, actually, where where is Jacksonville? Hold on. Against number one wide receivers, they're actually pretty tough. Seventh in the league. Number two wide receivers, they're fifth in the league. Number three wide receivers, they're thirty second in the league, dead last. Ooh, that might be nice. They're, they have a hard time. They have a hard time with that slot wide receiver, buddy. Hmm. They do, and they're a six point dog at home, so that that doesn't bode well. <laughs> I like it, Tannehill to Landry. Okay, all right, and then we got Lamar Miller, man. I'm getting literally uh, dynasty. I have Miller in a league, and I and I literally get trade offer for him every day. This kid <laughs> looks. This kid looks. Lamar Miller looks like the real deal, Duck. No. Yeah, you know, no. um, it's uh, well, he he absolutely is, is going to have the usage, and, and, and that's as we know part of the formula for success. I mean, I um, there were leagues that I drafted uh, Marino ahead of him, but there's another uh, big high stakes league out there other than than yours that I was fortunate enough to get Lamar Miller in the 11th round, and it wasn't even a pick that I really liked at the time, but it was like, you know, this guy looks like the best guy on the board. Um, and if, you, if you've if you got him now, you're pretty happy because you know he's going to get the usage going forward. Yeah, he, he's going to get a lot of usage moving forward, John and uh, Scott. Uh, but bottom line is he's there because he's just there. Let's face it, he's, he's not – I mean, he's not one of the most talented uh, running backs in the NFL, but uh, you know, if you got to use him, hey man, use him. So I don't. He's I don't, there. I don't oh, have I, any, I've got. I I, it's not a guy. I have no problem putting him in the lineup right, right now, Mike. For no sure. problem at all. For sure. No, oh, he he looks he looks good. They're the only back that kind of looks uh, better than him right now. It is Ronnie Hillman, man. That kid looked he had his balance and the the speed that that kid has right now, the burst that he has, he's looking incredible. Did you see a couple of those plays last night, Doc? Man, Hillman looks fantastic. Ooh. Yeah, M- Monty Ball may end up being a goal line change of yeah. pace guy yeah. when he comes back. I, I think Hillman is really kind of late stake to that job. Monty who? Um, ten minutes left in the program. We're going to try to roll through these real quick. Minnesota, Tampa Bay, Mike, over, under on that game? <laughs> 39? Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Should be. Should be. Uh, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, uh, I can't find it. Oh, 
Okay. Well, it's probably it's probably not that uh, that attractive there. Uh, forty-two and a half. Forty-two and a half. Forty-two and a half. Forty-two and a half. I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing a lot of Teddy Bridgewater talk is finally breaking out of his little uh, slump. The last couple of weeks he's had a couple of tough matchups, and he hasn't looked very good at all. He's looked like a rookie quarterback, uh, really struggling out there to get the ball to the wide receivers. Buffalo and Detroit. Were, are very good at passing, uh, passing defenses. Atlanta, he seemed to have no problem with. It was the game plan. But it seems either have the defenses figured out Bridgewater, or do you think maybe you, you, or do you think you could see, uh, see, see a good game out of him this week, Doug? No, I, I think the potential's there. I mean, if we're going to go back and talk about the, the daily game again, there's, there's a lot of people that are talking about uh, – a Bridgewater uh, Cordero Patterson stack this week. I mean, Tampa Bay has been absolutely miserable uh, against yeah. the pass. Uh, you know, I, 30, 30 if I was going to do it, I, I I might take a shot and and go way out there and go with the Jarvis Landry rather than a a, a Patterson. But you know, uh, yeah, I think he's got a shot at having a pretty decent game. Yeah, I, you know what? Uh, bottom line is Scott. The, the last couple games. He's he's taking three, four, five steps back in the pocket, and there's nothing. I mean, right. he needs an O line to help him out. But uh, the kid's got all the talent in the world, so uh, he's going to lean on that uh, running back. I could see some. I could see some dumpers to McKinnon, and maybe take one to the house. You know, yeah. Teddy. Yeah. And, oh, that's what that's what BSOL in the chat room is saying. Yes, you can play Teddy and not play a Minnesota wide receiver. Uh, exactly. I think I think you could play McKinnon probably and get away with it. Um, right. You know because I think I think Teddy can uh, Teddy will have to rely on some of those dumpers. Okay, Seattle, Carolina. We talked about Dougie B. We talked a little bit about Jermaine Kearse. Anything on the Carolina side of the ball we should be looking at other than Olson? Obviously Benjamin Olson. That's it, right? Yeah, and I, I think it's more Olson than Benjamin this week. Seattle's another team that uh, that doesn't do yeah. very well against the tight end. Um, I, but the other guy to look at in this game, I think, is Marshawn Lynch. And I'm not a big Lynch guy, but if he's going to have a, a, a monster game this year, I think this is the this is the week. Marshawn yeah, I totally agree, John. Yeah, he can he can go totally beast mode uh, on these guys because uh, they need something. Uh, Seattle needs something to just kind of settle things down, and this might be the thing uh, for. Uh, for them to do is to just hand the ball off to Marshawn and just say, hey, man, have fun, and settle the uh, whatever is going on, the funk that's going on with uh, Seattle. Cara, Carolina is 28th uh, in the league against uh, RB1s. RB1s, they are not good at covering the running backs. So that's, uh, that's a good matchup. Definitely uh, take your advice there. St. Louis at Kansas City, the last of the 1 o'clock games. What do we got going on here? St. Louis and KC. We got trade the Trey Mason show, right? I mean, this is this kid looks like uh, this is his job to lose, Doc. Right now it does, but uh, you know I, I'm not real comfortable with anybody in that backfield. I'm the most comfortable with Trey Mason. Um, I own Benny Cunningham a few places uh, because I wasn't a big Zach Stacy fan. Uh, unfortunately, I, I missed the boat on Mason, and and he could be okay. But I'm I'm really not expecting a lot out of St. Louis in this game. Um, I uh, Agreed. I went last week as a preemptive strike in a lot of leagues, and picked up the Kansas City defense, who's got a a nice little run of games coming up starting this week with St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Is the Brian Quick experiment yeah, over, Mike? Mike, uh, Brian Quick has kind of like fell off the map. Yeah, he has, and, uh, you know, it's just uh, this game here, uh, I kind of agree with John. Uh, it's going to be pretty tough. Kansas City is a seven-point favorite, and the over and under is 44. Uh, I wouldn't say the Brian Quick experiment is done, but uh, for this game, have no chance. I, I don't want anything to do with Brian Quick. Uh, this is going to be all Kansas City uh, players. I mean, you, you you don't want to have nothing to do with St. Louis right now. I'm, I, I, I was, I was testing you there. I, I, I don't think it's over at all. I think, yeah, look, he, he had two games against San Fran and Seattle, both teams in his division that are very good at covering wide receivers. 
I think we could see a return of Brian Quick this week. So don't huh. don't be too quick to uh, to dismiss oh, Mr. Well, Quick. I, that would shock yeah, me. I, yeah, I think I think I think so. Uh, okay, we got five minutes left. A few games. Philadelphia, Arizona. You're starting all your studs. McCoy probably uh, gets gets his swerve back on in this game. Ellington at Arizona. Michael Floyd with Palmer back. Floyd and Fitz are our must starts uh, again. And then all the wide receivers for Philly, they're looking good. You have to put Macklin. You probably have to play Matthews. Maybe Riley Cooper if you're desperate. Uh, what do you think, uh, a duck? Any anybody else here? What about Zach Ertz? I'm, I'm hearing Selleck's getting some work too. That the, the Selleck is back to life you know, now. You know, Selleck had a little bit of work. Selleck's not a guy that I feel comfortable starting. Ertz isn't a guy that I own, but I wouldn't feel uncomfortable starting him. I, I think you're right. This, this this is a game where you feel fairly comfortable starting most of your skill position players on either team. Yeah. I would also, uh, uh, in this game, from a betting side of a standpoint, I would take Arizona. Uh, I'm showing minus one right now, but uh, I would take Arizona minus one up to two. Arizona it will win this game by more than a field goal. I say Philly wins by at least a touchdown. Uh, well, then uh, we can bet something because Arizona right. wins this game easy. We gotta put something on it, Ducky. You break the tie. Which who do you like in the game? Uh slight lean to Arizona. Okay, all right. Did I'm I just agree with Mike? You did. You did. Put the buzzer meter <laughs> on me. <laughs> we gotta. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta. I gotta buzz. I gotta literally buzz Duckworth instead of you, man. <laughs> Okay. Oh man! Right. Hey John, I, I've heard I've heard that so many times I, I can't count. <laughs> Indianapolis at Pittsburgh. Uh, wow. Okay. If Trent Richardson is sitting, Bradshaw is going to be a monster. Uh, we've already heard that Reggie Wayne is out, so we're looking for somebody to step up. Maybe it's Dwayne Allen taking on a bigger part of the role. Maybe Hakeem Nix finally comes back to life, or maybe Dante Moncrief. What say you, Johnny? Uh, I, at this point, would feel better with Dante Moncrief than Akeem Nix, but I think what you're going to see them do is rely on the guys that they've been relying on, which which means a lot of T.Y. Hilton, uh, a a lot of Bradshaw, um, some Dwayne Allen, and even some Kobe Fleener. Man, you stole my thunder, John. You stole my thunder. Who, with Fleener? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was going to say the exact same thing that uh, John just said. Uh, Ty is going to be huge in this game, and Kobe Flaner, you better watch him. I mean, the, Andrew Luck believes in him. Uh, the offense revolves around him, whether you want to know it or not. But the offense does revolve around Kobe Flaner and uh, Ty. There's Lund. a buzzer so, meter. Uh, yeah, there what it was. What do you mean? There, there it was. Uh, Cleveland Browns and Oakland Raiders. Holy crap, this is actually a game um, that to cover from a fantasy perspective. There, there's a little bit. There's a little bit of stuff to work with here, right? Um, what, what, what can we? What can we do here? Can we? Can we get Ben Tate in the lineup in this one at least? Maybe that's I, I, I think. I, I think maybe Ben Tate and uh, maybe Derek Carr. You know, he he hasn't a uh, he. He hasn't been Can't that bad, you know. You were talking earlier about starting Tannehill if you if you had a guy on two on by. Right. I'd feel right. as good starting Derek Carr. Yeah, man, Ben Tate looks good. If uh, if th- this is a Ben Tate kind of game, Jordan Cameron can't recommend starting him anywhere at this point. Uh, last two games on the schedule: Green Bay, New Orleans. Uh, that is Tavares Cadet is going to be big. He's going to get a lot of targets, and then uh, Washington and Dallas. You got to start all your all your studs in those games. Ducky, good luck, man. Keep it up in your last chance league. I, we'll be rooting for you, and thanks for being on Red versus Blue tonight, man. Appreciate you having me, and congratulations again on your big win, buddy. Oh, thanks, my man. Thank you. All right, that was John Duckworth, breaking bad Good talking figures, to you, buddy. Leader of the Fantasy Football World Championship. Mikey, uh, good luck in all your leagues this weekend. Hey, uh, it's week eight. There's no time for mistakes, my man. That's right. Good luck this week, Scott, and uh, congrats on your uh, previous accomplishments. Keep it rolling, bud. Thank you, everybody in the crew, the chat room, some of the best minds in the world of high-stakes fantasy football. Thank you for joining us every Friday night. We'll see you next week. 
You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.